you need to have a strong investment in company alignment strategies across all levels of the organization to make sure everybody knows where we are headed and what is expected of them. Welcome to Modern Business Operations, where we talk with leaders about how ops is adapting to our modern world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Modern Business Operations. Today, I'm joined by Aparna Narayanan. She is the head of IT strategy, operations, and portfolio CIO organization at Block. How are you doing, Aparna? How's it going? Doing great. As crazy as ever. How are you doing, Brianna? I'm pretty good. Yeah, crazy as ever is a, is a good way to sum up life right now and work and everything. So excited to have you here today. Today, we're going to be talking about strategic alignment in your operations. Aparna has a long and rich history of managing strategy at organizations at large and small. And so we're going to be learning about how she approaches strategic alignment And hopefully anyone listening in will walk away with a better understanding of that framework. Couple opening remarks here at the top before we dig into our chat. Next week, my co-host Sagi will be joined by Camilla Matias Moraes. She is the VP of Finance at Brex. They'll be chatting about her role there, et cetera. So highly recommend coming back to Modern Business Operations on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or YouTube or wherever you listen and joining that episode. Now, one other thing I wanted to mention is this podcast is put on by the Adaptive Ops community. We have a great number of community members listening in live to this episode right now. So if you're not a member of the Adaptive Ops community, I highly recommend going to operations.community and joining from there. Now, because we do have a live audience, I definitely encourage anyone listening in right now to ask Aparna questions as we're chatting throughout this 30 minutes and I'll read off anything relevant to her and she'll address it as it comes in. So highly recommend you guys get engaged and ask questions throughout if you have those questions. Now I wanna just dig into our topic and use as much time as I can with Aparna here. So Aparna, just to level set, tell us about your role. What does a current day in the life of your role look like just so that people kind of get a better understanding of what you do? Sure, very happy to do that. I'll also give a quick background about myself, who I am, where I come from, and all of that. So I was born and raised in India, humble beginnings, come from a very small family. Dad used to work full-time, was also a part-time entrepreneur. So my childhood has been running my uh, dad's business. My weekends used to be going to his shop, just managing his financials, doing everything manually. From there on, the the part-time entrepreneurship is really what supported my education and how I grew up as well. I did my graduation back home in India. I'm an engineer. I'm an electronics and communications engineer. Obviously, the boom in IT happened, shifted careers, moved into technology. Uh, I started off my career as a software developer, ground up continuously started seeking for the problem that we were trying to solve for. My mind naturally went to that question every time I was developing software. Quickly realized I was more business-centric than very tech 
centric in terms of development and whatnot. So I pivoted in a couple of years. I started doing business analysis, product management, and all of that, trying to understand where the business was going and how technology could enable businesses move forward. That's how my career started. I worked for several small businesses, large scale, traditional, conventional banking, and then now in in Silicon Valley, hybrid startup companies as well. That's who I am. I've come across great leaders throughout my career who have kind of uh, given me that trust to go up and just mentored me a little bit to just open up the possibilities that are out there. And that's how one of my leaders, CIO at Bank of the West, just opened the door for me to strategy and operations. I kind of felt that I was naturally fitting into that space. So I guess that was my start to this role. A day in the uh, life of my job, currently at Block and previously, not much different, is I I solve for abstract problems. I always say my role is essentially, if it's nobody else's business, it becomes my business. So that's the breadth of my role. And it cannot be ring-fenced to... X number of things that I need to take care of, but it just changes based on the organization that I work for. Currently, my day is planning, process improvements, project management, and M&A acquisitions. How do we move those forward? Those are some of the areas that I take care of. Strategic business planning is something that is very close to my heart that really enables employees, organizations, departments, BUs everywhere to just stay aligned to what the organization is looking to solve for that supports the purpose of the organization and kind of driving that alignment across the organization is something that's top of mind for me. Some of the critical elements that I take care of in the organization apart from the major business planning, apart from the the major process and change management, I take care of communications, I take care of uh, employee engagement, how do we uplift the employees, how do we make them feel excited to come into work, and the business critical elements of managing budgets and financials and are we making the right investments, are we getting the the return on those investments and, and things like that. So wide net of things. <laughs> and so I'm just, I'm so excited to have you on today because I feel like the end of the day, right? This is a business operations podcast and the overarching need of business operations is that strategy and alignment. So it's so nice to have an expert like you on the podcast in that area. So you work at Block. So what does Block do just so that anyone listening in who doesn't know can, can know? Yeah, this is the exciting question I always look for I'm because I am a huge fan of Block. I'm a huge fan of Jack, the visionary leader that Block has as well. Block is here to solve the, has a shared purpose of uh, economic empowerment. It has an overarching ecosystem of many businesses united by this purpose, which is the economic empowerment. Block offers technology-based products such as the Square, uh, the little gadget that you see in farmer's market where you can, uh, that enables a small business to just transact with you. It has a a product called Cash App, there is Tidal and there is Spiral, all of them united by this purpose of economic empowerment. I want to just touch upon Square and Cash App a little bit. Square by itself offers an ecosystem of products and services that helps Sellers of all sizes and types operate more efficiently. 
they can better manage their staff, they can improve their growth, they can retain their customers, and they can also acquire more buyers. It just really helps them grow uh, their businesses. Uh, like I said, I come from a family where my dad owned a very small business and I know what goes behind the scenes of you know running everything manually, how you tally the books, how you you know go from door to door trying to acquire more customers. And I wish Square was there then. It would have made our lives easier. We would have sustained uh, in the industry much longer. But that's the purpose of Square. Cash App is a mobile app product that makes cash instantly available and universally accessible. For example, there are several people in this world who do not have a bank account still. And Cash App helps those people receive their direct deposits and manage their cash even without a conventional bank account. That's cool, isn't it? There's a lot more exciting things that Cash App offers like stock and Bitcoin trading, instant availability of deposits, transfers between stock, Bitcoin and cash very easily. And uh, just explaining and uh, making the Bitcoin concept simple and easy and available for a lot more people who aspire to go into the crypto market as well. That's who we are and what we do. Amazing. Thank you for explaining that. And I just want to dig into our topic now. How do you align the company strategy across departments? Yeah, so I wish there was a simple answer to this question, right, Priyana? But alignment is elusive, even for small startup companies. Imagine as you grow, the organization gets very complex. There is multiple departments, there's multiple geographies, it's, there's multiple business units and markets. And now to add to it, with, with the pandemic hit, we have completely remote employees as well. So alignment uh, within, within the organization across the length and breadth of this organization is very important and is a, biggest, is a big success factor for any organization. Right. It's a good problem to have because organizations get complex only when they grow. So it's an inevitable problem that any organization is going to face. When you're two people in a in a room and you're building a product, you're a startup and you're just two founders trying to get the uh, things rolling. You look around the room, you know, everybody's aligned. You're you're good. Obviously, I can't state that when me and my daughter are in the room, we're never on the same page. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you become successful as, as organizations grow and, and driving that alignment becomes very critical. And strategic alignment starts from the top. You need to know where you are going in order to get to where you want to go. So you need to have a strong investment in company alignment strategies across all levels of the organization to make sure everybody knows where we are headed and what is expected of them through the timeline, right? If I have to put this in simple terms, alignment implies a shared understanding and agreement on the goals of the organization and on the resources needed to achieve those goals. I usually approach this with answering five questions. And each question is a journey of its own, but I'm not going to get into those details. But holistically, if you look at it, it is about answering five questions that touch upon both the strategy and tactics to achieve those. 
do we all understand what is the purpose of the company and why we exist in most cases most employees understand that right the second question is what are the big long term wins that the organization needs to achieve in in order to uh, achieve their purpose what are those big rocks or the big winning moves that the organization needs to achieve that's the question that needs to uh, needs to be answered and these two questions are the ones that drive the strategy of the organization this is where the the top level executive management put their heads together to answer some of these questions and and figure out the the planning aspects of it the rest is tactics right the tactics are all about what are the short term initiatives that every department needs to launch in support of those top three winning moves that we had originally thought about right what is every department's role and what are those big initiatives that they'll need to launch answering that question is critical and then comes the dynamics of making this happen the fourth question that we'll all need to sit and answer is what resources are needed to achieve those wins and the resources when i say it could be people it could be process it could be just maturity of systems or it could be just launching a new product by itself as well uh, not confined by boundaries just just looking at it holistically and saying what resources do we need and lastly how do foundational functions and enterprise systems support these goals those are the five big questions that we need to answer and it might sound simple but there is no straightforward recipe to the success because most high growth organizations are facing stiff competition and there is this continual pressure to achieve short term results and stay ahead of the game investing the time and resources to draw out let's say even a 2 to 3 year plan is challenging especially given the rapid changes in the market and the and the need to achieve those short term wins i think it would be safe to say that several organizations are able to put together a 2 to 3 year plan out but with a heavy focus on revalidating those plans annually so essentially you answer these five questions and you in simple terms you find out what the purpose of the company is you find out what are your three big winning moves and then you start driving vertical and horizontal alignment a vertical alignment is where every employee in the organization understands what is expected of them and horizontal alignment is where all the cross functional departments understand first of all understand and approve the the top three winning moves and kind of bottoms up organically create a a view of what are those shared goals that cross functional teams need to come together for and having that accountability to drive those goals forward you have to drive this alignment forward to avoid any unintentional silos and uh, you know conflicting asks from shared resources from my experience at block i have put together an okr framework almost six times six iterations of it over two years and i've i've seen that it's block gives you a uh, an environment where it is you can try out several new things you can uh, you can release small size changes 
try it out. If it fails, learn from it and improve. That kind of a culture is there at Block. So it really helps people and the organization thrive forward. Um, I've seen in, in several organizations where your top three winning moves are top down. Uh, and in several organizations where uh, engineers are empowered to, to have this alignment-driven bottoms up, I'm a huge believer of a hybrid model where you burn the candle from both ends. And uh, that's what we do at Block because things are very fluid, rapidly changing. So it's uh, important to understand that not all, all organizations are the same and is at the same level of maturity. A one size fits all never works. It's important to understand the culture of the organization and roll out a strategy that kind of fits into where the organization is headed as well. What I do at Block to drive that strategic alignment, apart from setting up the the top level strategy of what the purpose is and what the winning moves are. I also set up the rhythm of the business, which really drives this vertical and horizontal alignment. And when the rhythm of the business is nothing, is no rocket science, it's essentially having those checks and balances in place, having your operational cadences in place, having a, a, a well thought through collaborative planning process in place to make sure that every team prioritizes reprioritizes, validates, capacity plans, and is accountable for for the initiatives that they are taking care of. I think those are some of the things that I can share from my learnings across a breadth of organizations on how I drive strategic alignment and why it is very important for an organization to be successful. This episode is brought to you by Tonkin. Tonkin is the operating system for business operations, providing businesses with the building blocks to orchestrate any process with no code or change management required. Contact us at tonkin.com to learn how you can build complex processes fast. And if you're interested in staying up to date on all things business operations, join the Adaptive Ops community at operations.community. That's a really good framework. And I think just if someone can distill down those five questions and really dig in, like if you're listening in, that's where I would start, right? And if you've already done that, maybe it's a good idea. Like you said, you went through like six iterations of, of building out the OKRs at Block. You know, maybe people listening in are a position where they need to take another look at their OKRs and reconfigure them to, to fit the, the strategy moving forward. So thank you for sharing that. I also know a lot of people listening in, you know, are either early or later on in their business operations career. And, you know, CIO is often a role that that people want to get to at some point in their business operations career. So if someone listening in wanted to become a CIO, what advice would you give to them? Okay, so I've worked with some amazing CIO leaders and I've inspired from them and some of my best leaders and best mentors have been CIOs. So I don't aspire to become one. (laughs) So I may not be the right person to provide an advice, but I'm happy to share some learnings and some observations that I've had with the privilege of working with some of the, 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 the CIO visionary leaders. First and foremost, I would think is truly to understand if that's where your passion is. And that is the role that You will wake up to every morning and passionately turn into work. That's an important thing that I would think about. 
Knowing clearly what motivates you and why you want to be a CIO is extremely important. Technology knowledge is definitely essential, but it's definitely not the only thing that you need to that you need to become a CIO, right? See where your passion is. That's what I would give as the first and foremost advice and it just goes for any role specifically for CIO CIO strategies vary from organization to organization based on the product based on the market based on the offerings it's important to characterize your role in the organization to suit its needs for example high growth organizations are seeking for more transformational service CIOs who can, you know, deliver technology that can drive the business forward, right? right? While more conventional, traditional organizations are probably seeking to have CIOs uh, who can help them achieve operational efficiencies and rationalization, right? While RPA and automation can take you towards moving the business forward uh, faster, even achieving efficiencies and cost savings, the strategy that you take for different organizations are going to be very different. And that kind of characterizes your role of, of, of a CIO as well. So it's important to understand what is the type of company that you would like to be uh, running a CIO function for that kind of determines the scope and breadth of the organization as well. One of the uh, the Overall threads that I've seen across all CIO functions is uh, communication. It is very important to be able to have a communication that business stakeholders are able to relate to, where you're able to demonstrate your value that is relatable to the to the to the stakeholder is is key, because at most times your stakeholder cares less about the the backend wheels of how the technology churns, but it's more around the ROI, how how fast they are able to move and how it drives uh, agility and velocity for them. Uh, so that's uh, a piece of learning that I have seen uh, interacting with several CIOs. CIOs. And uh, lastly, I think I don't even have to say this. I think it's key to be uh, staying abreast of new technologies it's key to be staying connected to a network. After all, what I've also seen is most CIOs are trying to solve for similar problems and having that community and network really, uh, you could draw immense value through sharing and collaborating and just getting divergent perspectives of very similar problems. Those are some of the high level suggestions I would give just working for, for CIOs. Yeah. Well, really, really good insights there. Thank you for sharing. And especially given your position, I think you're uniquely qualified to sort of share that information. So I'm going to keep chatting with you, but um, if anyone listening in has any questions, now would be a good time to ask. There is no question too big or too small. We're happy to receive anything. Um, And I just want to talk a little bit about your mission, right? So when we spoke earlier, your, your mission was to is to enable employees to do their best work. So I just want to ask, like, what's your philosophy behind that? How can others implement that, et cetera? Sure. You know, back in 2020, when the pandemic hit, one of the the focus areas for for all organizations was the CIO function, right? CIO functions have become more and more responsible for the culture change and making sure the employee's experience is as great as that of a customer. 
At Block, we recognized this and we kicked off several programs that create delightful technology experiences for our people. It's it's a combination of bottoms-up organic understanding of what employees need to be at their creative best. And top-down, what technology trends are out there that can create that unique uh, experience. So it's, it's a marriage between these two. Uh, what do employees need and what is out there uh, that can just overall elevate the experience of an employee? We also understood that uh, pandemic created a fully loaded remote working environment that also means a complete remote onboarding experience. We had a very smart enterprise engineering team that worked uh, with employees across the organizations, HR function, our recruiting partners, just to transform that onboarding process that creates a fun and exciting day one experience. You know, there was a huge uh, lot of uh, energy and focus on how can we make our video collaboration experiences better? How can we explore platforms that can create virtual events and off-sites more fun, explore opportunities to make hybrid uh, work environments better, right? Ahead of uh, all of these is to, we recognize that we had to focus more on people and not just on technology. Understanding what people want was more important than what technology could offer. Making sure we constantly engage with people uh, and asking very people-centric questions and being proactive with those uh, conducting surveys and understanding, you know, instead of just pushing technology down to people, are we truly making a connection with the people? And why I reiterate this is because it's a cultural shift, right? You're now going to the people and asking them very people-centric question. How can I make your life better? What would you need to have every day to be at your creative best? How can technology not come in your way? What's happening today that where you think there is, where that experience is disrupted? So asking those questions and seeking those answers bottoms up has been a shift in how it used to work before to now. And I think it's a very positive shift. And that's the lens that we are also starting to take to our business partners, asking those questions, learning what they need instead of, and also understanding what's the appetite that they have and the readiness that they have for absorbing that technology. Because change is only as effective as how much adoption goes. The philosophy is to start from the people, focus on the people and drive technology that enables people. That's the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, I really, that really resonates with me. Like people come first and technology is meant to enable them. So completely agree. We only have one minute left. So before I let you go, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to follow up? Yeah, you're going to see a better picture of me, a younger picture of me on LinkedIn. <laughs> if you can't recognize my face, it's just uh, all the, the the technology gimmicks I have made on my picture. But otherwise, <laughs> see for um, N. Aparna on LinkedIn and I'm, I'm quite responsive there. Drop me a message. Happy to connect to people. And for those who are on the call, thank you so much for listening to me. I hope I didn't put you to sleep. It's 10 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. I think I really appreciated you thoughtfully walking us through that framework. I think it was really valuable. 
And thank you for your time. And thanks to our live audience. And thanks to anyone who's listening in um, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or YouTube or wherever you are. So thanks, everybody. And thank you, Aparna, especially. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Brianna. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Modern Business Operations. You can see the show notes and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at tonkin.com slash mbopod. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe for updates on future episodes. 